0: I'm Stephen Hundley from IUPUI, and this is Leading Improvements in Higher Education, a service of the Assessment Institute in Indianapolis. Our sponsor for this season is Watermark. This episode discusses an exciting initiative called the Grand Challenges in Assessment Project, being led by two colleagues from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, Karen Singer Freeman, and Christine Robinson. Christine is Executive Director, and Karen is Director of Academic Planning and Assessment, both in UNC Charlotte's Office of Assessment and Accreditation. In our discussion, Christine and Karen share important information about the Grand Challenges in Assessment project, including ways listeners can become involved in this work. Again, welcome to Leading Improvements in Higher Education. We're here today with Christine Robinson and Karen Singer Freeman of the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, two wonderful friends and colleagues who have been really good partners with us at the Assessment Institute. Uh, Karen, Christine, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you for the invitation.
2: Thanks
0: so much. Well, I'm very excited to be talking to you today. I, I must confess, you're both very, very busy in your, in your day jobs, and you're certainly busy each year at the Assessment Institute and at so many other conferences making presentations. But today we're talking about a, a relatively new project that you've been working on that's entitled Grand Challenges in Assessment. And Christine, let's come to you to begin with a, a simple question. What is the Grand Challenges in Assessment project, and how did it begin?
1: Okay, so the Grand Challenges are defined as like big achievable goals with associated initiatives designed to solve key problems through collaborative efforts. So about five years ago, I was chatting with a colleague of mine who was in math education, and they were working with a small group to encourage the field of math education to adopt Grand Challenges um, for their process. I absolutely love that idea because um, I thought, you know, this contributes to research and problem solving in the field, being forward thinking, making improvements, drawing on various stakeholders for support, and ultimately transforming students' lives. So I put the idea on our big idea board in the office. Um, But at that time, which was five years ago, we did not have resources and time to begin to address it. However, when Karen started with us, uh, we started the work back in fall 2018, and we have um, brought it to fruition as it is today.
0: So that brings us to the question What are the major grand challenges this project is addressing, and how are these identified and prioritized? And for this, Karen, we'll come to you.
2: Hi. So, yeah, as Christine mentioned, you know, it was up there on our big whiteboard, and Christine and I were talking about. You know, sort of big projects and big directions, and the idea of um, trying to identify grand challenges came up, and we both got pretty excited about it. Um, Different groups have have identified grand challenges in different ways, but um, what we did, and you know, a fair number of people do this, is we did a quick and dirty read of everything we could find that had been written in the last three years that was focused on new directions for assessment in higher education. Um, And we wrote down themes of everything we read, and those themes really coalesced around about 10 challenges. And then we wordsmithed the challenges, we sent them over to some folks at NILOA who gave us some feedback, and we created a survey where we basically um, asked assessment professionals across the country to tell us whether they thought the general characteristics of grand challenges are the correct ones to use in the field of assessment. So the standard ways you would identify a grand challenge would be that it should be extremely hard to do, but doable. It should have the potential to affect positive change for a large number of people. Um, It should have metrics and measurements so that you know when you've reached the goal, and it should um, be able to attract political support and enthusiasm to generate movement behind it. So we asked folks to evaluate those um, characteristics, and for the most part, people thought they were okay. And then we asked them to use those characteristics to say the extent to which each of the 10 challenges we had identified met those characteristics, um, and then also to rank order the 10 challenges that we had identified and tell us, you know, if they thought we'd misworded them or anything like that. Um, And, you know, happily, a pretty strong consensus came out of that survey. We had a nice response rate of several hundred um, people from across the country, and four challenges emerged with really strong support. Um, So, the top challenge, every way we looked at it, was using assessment findings to increase equity. Um, The second challenge was the use of assessment findings to direct immediate pedagogical improvements. The third assessment challenge was producing visible and actionable assessment findings that drive innovation. And then the fourth was examining changes in institutional effectiveness including student learning over time um, and so you know the other six challenges we, we have a couple papers coming out that will describe all of them um, and for the most part people thought that they were interesting as well but these four really generated a level of interest and excitement that seemed that it had the potential to move forward um, so, the first time we presented this, I believe, was at the AALAG conference now, um, a year and a half ago. And at that conference, we met with some of their leadership, and that was really when we began to transition from the survey to developing a project. Um, and I mean, it's it's been so amazing because from that June, a year and a half ago, we now have Um, Eight working group leaders with over a hundred faculty, staff, students, administrators across the country working to develop strategic plans to address these four challenges um, with the goal of having elements of the strategic plan that can be adopted locally and elements that might be applied nationally.
0: Christine, why is the Grand Challenges in Assessment project important at this moment, and what do you hope to accomplish?
1: So we believe that Grand Challenges offers assessment practitioners and faculty the opportunity to be leaders in influencing change and helping to make progress at their institutions over the next five to ten years. We um, are the following actions uh, are what we hope to uh, have employed, which are Karen already mentioned, use strategic planning uh, to guide national, state, and local efforts, identify and collaborate on implementable solutions that impact student success at different types of institutions, getting buy-in and support from the public for our efforts, getting sponsorship and funding to support our research, and getting educational partners, national organizations and national publications to disseminate our work.
0: Your project involved a lot of collaborations up front, and I know many of our listeners are probably interested in how they can become involved. So, Karen, what are some ways that colleagues listening can become involved in the project? How might they have opportunities for input?
2: We are seeking as broad input and participation as possible. Um, And so, sort of the easiest entry point to the project is on our website, which if you Google um, Grand Challenges in Assessment, our website is the first thing that comes up. Um, and if you go to our website, there's a place that you can sign up to receive our press releases and notifications, as well as if you're interested in helping to review the stra- draft strategic plans, um, there's a place you can sign up to do that. We are expecting to be sharing draft strategic plans at the Assessment Institute. Um, so we have two sessions. Monday, October 26th, and Wednesday, October 28th from 4.15 to 5.15, and whether or not you want to officially serve as a peer reviewer to those plans, if you're available to come to either of those sessions, the plans are going to be presented, and then we're going to be collecting feedback using the chat function, Um, and so that's another great way to get involved. Um, and you can also always email me directly. The one advantage of a hyphenated name is I'm the only Karen Singer Freeman in the world. So if you Google me, you will get my email address. Um, but it is k singer F, like Frank, at uncc.edu. Oh, and then there is one other thing. Um, once we, you know, we're planning on rolling out finalized plans next June, and we really hope that you'll find ways to adopt some of the local aspects of the strategic plans on your own campus.
0: For listeners who are unable to attend the sessions during the Assessment Institute, we should note they will be recorded and available on the Assessment Institute website, assessmentinstitute.iupui. And, again, you can Google more about the Grand Challenges in Assessment by simply Googling that, Grand Challenges in Assessment. And, Christine, as we've been talking and Karen acknowledged, this project involves a number of collaborations with higher education organizations and associations. And I'm certainly grateful for the Assessment Institute's involvement. Why is it important to involve so many of these collaborative organizations in this work? Uh, What different perspectives do they bring?
1: Thanks for that question, Stephen. So the leadership team consists of thought leaders and representatives from key assessment and pedagogical organizations. Um, These folks have background in student affairs, academic affairs, institutional research, so they bring various perspectives, but all are focused on making improvements in higher education for student success. So the leadership team supports the Grand Challenges efforts by endorsing the initiative and communicating about the initiative to their members. As part of the planning process, the leadership team would like to give voice to multiple stakeholders. That includes assessment professionals, faculty, involving historically black uh, colleges and universities, community colleges, public and private institutions, institutions with large enrollments, small enrollments, et cetera. Um, we also, the leadership team also hopes to ensure diversity of thought and experience, um, and that those are incorporated in the planning processes. And also to ensure that the results are usable for all types of institutions and is impactful for all types of
0: students. I realize it's somewhat early in the project's development, but Karen, what are some ways that you hope listeners might be able to take action on some of the work that you're doing? How might they use, or how do you envision them using the strategic plans in their own campus context? And I'll have a follow-up for you as well.
2: Sure. So, you know, as I mentioned in response to your last question, right now we really are seeking broad input. And um, so, you know, if you don't make it to our live sessions and watch a recorded session and have a thought, um, you know, we really are. The more people that can share their thoughts, the better this is going to be. So please do reach out by email um, or any other way to share any reactions that you have to it. Um, But then moving into next year, I do strategic planning on my own campus and anybody who's involved in strategic planning knows that you can have the very best plan, but if it stays on the shelf, it was a waste of time. And so we have a lot of wonderful, talented people that are working hard to create plans that are going to be truly strategic and actionable. Um, And for them to work, we are going to need to garner the support of the community. And so, you know, I don't want to, Steal the thunder of the plans. But for example, you know, local strategies that might come out under the increasing equity goal, which I know is one that's very central to our community right now, is the disaggregation of SLO attainment, right? So many of our campuses right now, when we look at student learning assessment, we are looking at it in an aggregated format. And if we want to ensure that everybody is having equitable access to learning, I hope that campuses might consider starting to disaggregate some of that data. Um, If we think about measuring change over time, when we think about the assessment of student learning, oftentimes we're limited to snapshots. We assess the learning, but we don't see where it's going over the course of a semester or over the course of a curriculum. Um, So, you know, starting to consider whether there's more developmental ways that we could track SLO attainment. Um, When we think about national strategies, as I was reading the literature a few years ago, um, you know, a few people have been talking about this idea that so many of our students travel between institutions, and maybe when we're thinking about tracking learning over time, we need to be following the student as opposed to staying within an institution, so thinking about national strategies for how we might track an individual student's learning across their transfers between different institutions. So, you know, can't promise any of that will be in the plans, but those are some examples of what might emerge.
0: And Karen, a follow-up, uh, we know that the strategic plans related to the grand challenges in assessment will, of course, require resources to be effectively implemented. What what types of resources are you seeking or do you envision you will be seeking for this project?
2: So, you know, definitely, I think grant funding will make this um much more achievable. And so as the strategies emerge, we're going to be hopefully identifying strategies that can come together um, into a grant application that could um, receive funding. In addition, though, I think there's a lot that can be accomplished through national cooperation. Um, And, you know, we already have just about 100 100 plus people working on leadership teams or working groups. And if just every one of those campuses took on a piece of this work, I think we could get pretty far.
0: We'd like to spend some time talking about your own work and how your own backgrounds have prepared you for the roles you are playing in the Grand Challenges and Assessment Project. So, Christine, we'll start with you. What has led you to this point in your career?
1: So, I have 21 years of administrative experience as a dean and a college administrator, and I've been at different types of institutions, a teaching college at first, two community colleges, and now a research institution. And what I've noticed in each position is that, uh, you know, I've been able to collaborate and lead um, assess the assessment of educational practices and programs and initiatives for improvement plans. my experience has taught me that all four of the grand challenges that we are invested in and investigating, all types of institutions uh, would be interested in accomplishing and participating in them in order to move their institutions forward. But what I also understand is that as individuals, uh, one person, two person offices, we don't have the bandwidth to do it alone. So I think what this, uh, the grand challenges bring to us is that we are able to accomplish this and collaborate as groups uh, to move the ball forward. For me, I bring knowledge, experience, inquisitiveness, determination, and drive to the project and uh, in helping get that accomplished in our next uh, five years, we hope. Thank
0: you. And Karen, likewise for you, your background and how it's led you to this moment to be uh, leading and in working with Christine and other colleagues on the Grand Challenges and Assessment Project.
2: So I am... Um I have a PhD in cognitive developmental psychology and was a member of a psychology faculty for 20 years um, before I came to this position two years ago. Um, And, you know, initially my research was on problem solving in (laughs) two-year-olds. And, you know, I used that research, I got tenure and I became increasingly concerned with um, why certain students thrived and other students failed to thrive in my classes. So I taught in a public liberal arts college that served um, large numbers of students from underserved backgrounds. And I started working in a summer research program for underrepresented ethnic minority students interested in research-based careers in science, technology, engineering, and math. And increasingly, I took this sort of cognitive developmental perspective and started to think about how could you shift teaching and supportive programs to increase the percentage of students that would succeed and thrive in higher education. And as my interest shifted that way, I started to think a lot more systemically. Um, so, you know, I did interventions within my classroom, I became department chair, and we did interventions within our psychology department. Um, and I created supportive programming within this summer research program, but I also started doing program evaluation types of things and assessment within higher ed more broadly, which is how I ended up in the field of assessment. Um, And so, you know, coming into the field in assessment, the reason I want to be here is I want to make institutions of higher education better. And I feel like I arrived in the assessment world at the right moment because I feel like there's a real shift going on within the the philosophy of assessment where um, more and more people are looking at assessment as a means of improvement. Um, And so, you know, this project for me was exciting because it was like, okay, let's think about not only how do we move the needle in higher education, but how do we make it so that assessment professionals are playing their part in making higher education better.
0: Let's turn now to the work that you're doing at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, your home institution. Karen, what are some of the assessment and improvement initiatives you're working on at your own institution? And how are these initiatives related to and contribute to the Grand Challenges and Assessment Project?
2: So one of the other major projects that Christine and I have been collaborating on with our colleague Harriet Hobbs is trying to find ways to make assessment part of the solution to inequities in higher education. Um, so we've been really interested in trying to look at different features of assignments and assessments to determine whether existing assignments and assessments may create inequities that aren't actually present in learning. Um, and then, you know, we've gathered Mounting evidence that we think there's certain types of features of assignments and assessments that may um, unfairly measure learning in ways that exaggerate equity gaps. And so now we've started working with faculty to examine how students feel about assignments in their classes and um, seeing if there's ways by intentionally shifting these elements of assignments as well as shifting assignments that are used if we can increase equity in assessment. So that's one of our big projects. Um, We also have projects, though, that relate to some of the other challenges. Um, So our institution, like many, has been looking into increasing use of adaptive learning, and Christine and I have been collaborating um, around how we might evaluate uses of adaptive adaptive learning and measure how they're supporting students, in particular underserved students. Um, and I've also done a fair amount of work looking at ePortfolios, both as a measure of learning over time, but also as a way of encouraging self reflective assessment and formative assessment within classes.
0: What do you see are some major changes happening more broadly in the higher education community over the next few years? Christine, I'll, I'll come to you for this first and ask uh, what are those trends and how do you see the Grand Challenges and Assessment Project addressing some of those trends?
1: Well, Stephen, I have identified, I think, six major trends that. Um, are occurring currently and will probably be occurring over the next three to five years in higher education uh, assessment specifically. And what I'll do is um, try to talk about those and then link those to what uh, I think are the grand challenges that we are currently working on. So one is demonstrating educational quality. And I think that is directly linked to the grand challenge of producing visible and actionable assessment findings that drive innovation. Another is addressing systemic inequities. That one links to our grand challenge of using assessment findings to increase equity. Listening to student voices and incorporating their feedback. That links to the grand challenge of using assessment findings to increase uh, equity also. Make modifications to assignments and assessments that address students' situations. That links to the grand challenge of use assessment findings to direct immediate pedagogical improvements and identify best practices for faculty instruction and student learning, regardless of modality that links to the grand challenge of using assessment findings to make immediate pedagogical improvements. I believe in this uh, world we are currently in, we are facing each of these challenges and trying to understand how we address them. And I think the work we're doing on the grand talent challenges, each of the four of them directly ties to uh, helping us accomplish each of these six
0: Christine, thanks. Karen, additional trends you'd like to comment on?
2: Sure. I think, you know, the biggest sort of subsuming trend I see is there's this strong desire that assessment and accreditation result in improvements. So institutional improvements, improvements to learning and improvements to equity in society. Um, And so that drive towards having the work we do not Um, be a tax return that just shows that we're, you know, meeting a required box, but rather something that's going to drive improvements in the institution. Um, I think that that really gives people excitement about the four challenges that emerge to the top and makes them timely. Um, And the other trend I think that goes hand in hand with this shift towards learning improvement is I think there's a blurring of boundaries between centers for teaching and learning, offices of of assessment and accreditation, institutional research offices and faculty. And interestingly, I think COVID-19 in some ways has sped that process because Um, You know, all of a sudden, you know, the rug was pulled out from everybody and we're having to move remote and we're having to think about things, you know, faculty who've been teaching for 40 years using the same assessments are having to rethink things because they just can't continue to do things the way they did. And I know at our own institution, you know, there's been a lot of cooperation between our office and faculty and cooperation between us and the Center for Teaching and Learning around getting faculty what they need to meet this challenge.
0: Before we wrap up with our final question, Karen, let me ask you to remind us again of the four grand challenges this project is working on.
2: I would be happy to. So in order of how highly ranked they were, the first is using assessment findings to increase equity. The second is using assessment findings to direct immediate pedagogical improvements. The third is producing visible and actionable assessment findings that drive innovation. And the fourth is examining changes in institutional effectiveness, including student learning over time.
0: Erin, thanks. And I'll, I'll come to you for uh, the final question first, and then we'll, we'll end with Christine. So the final question is, what is a final thought you would like to leave with our listeners today?
2: I think, you know, we go around and we tell everybody at our institutions that they need to close the loop and that they need to, you know, think uh, when they are doing their reporting about ways that they can do it better next time. Um, And I think we need to take our own advice. And I think we are, you know, so like I said, I think the field is doing that. But I think really these grand challenges are about taking a little time out to really bring people from across the country together to think how can we do this better and make a plan. And um, so, you know, I'm really excited about that and I'm pretty confident that we will take our own advice.
0: Christine, likewise to you, a final thought for listeners today.
1: I have a couple of thoughts. The first is I just want to encourage your listeners to register for the IUPUI Assessment Institute. I have found it to be an incredibly valuable resource for information and opportunities to collaborate with other folks. And, and I wanted to say that uh, Karen and I and Harriet and some others from our office uh, will be presenting at the Institute. Uh, we will be presenting, be presenting on the strategic plans for the four challenges, but we will also be conducting a workshop in a concurrent section session on culturally relevant assessment, which I think Karen previously mentioned. Lastly, I want to encourage those who are new to the field and would like more experience as an assessment professional. I would like to encourage them to take a look at UNC Charlotte's Institutional Effectiveness Certificate. My colleagues and I are facilitating six modules that relate to assessment accreditation Strategic planning, institutional research, and building stakeholder relationships. And if anyone is interested in that and want to chat with me more, you can email me at crobinsonuncc.edu.
0: Well, I appreciate the acknowledgement and the shout out about the Assessment Institute. And for listeners who are, who are accessing this podcast after this year's Institute, please be aware that Karen and Christine and their colleagues' uh, presentations will be available online in a recorded fashion for you to access their materials. We've been talking today with Christine Robinson and Karen Singer Freeman, both of the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. In particular, we've been speaking about the work they're leading entitled the Grand Challenges in Assessment Project. I encourage you to Google this, Grand Challenges in Assessment, to be directed to the information about this project. You can learn more about the project's status and find ways to get involved. Karen, Christine, thanks so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having us. It was really fun. Thanks, Stephen. we enjoyed it.
0: This has been Leading Improvements in Higher Education. Our sponsor for this season is Watermark. Learn more at watermarkinsights.com. This podcast is a service of the Assessment Institute in Indianapolis. And you can learn more at our website, assessmentinstitute.com iupui.edu where you can also access other episodes. Our producers are Chad Beckner, Caleb Keith, and Shirley Yorger with original music composed by Caleb Keith. If you like our podcast, please spread the word and encourage others to give us a listen. We appreciate your support. I'm Stephen Hundley from IUPUI inviting you to join us again for Leading Improvements in Higher Education.